Hello and welcome to Wallflowers in Bloom, a podcast where we share the joys and challenges of being introverts. I'm Jenny. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we share with you stories and antidotes that touch on how we prosper and thrive in a world dominated by extroverts. We also have guest speakers who share their experience and expertise on this topic and read letters from our fellow Wallflower listeners on how they cope and conquer. So grab your favorite beverage, settle in, and relax with us. Music is by Nate Johnson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wallflowers in Bloom. I'm Jenny. And I'm Eric. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Eric. <laughs> How are you? It's been good. I went fancy last night. Ah, I can see that your hair is nice and curled and looking fabulous. <laughs> yeah, still looking fabulous. And then my makeup is falling off because I fell asleep with my makeup on, but that's okay. Yeah, no, I can't tell. <laughs> I was like, I just want to go dancing. I just want to go have fun. But, you know, sometimes people don't understand. I, I want to go dancing and like do this, but not all night. I just want to go for a little while and then come home. And luckily the person I went with was very respectful of that. So it was really nice. It was a gay club in LA and we saw a drag show, which was a lot of fun and really funny because one of them was like roasting everybody in the audience. <laughs> She's a comedian. There was something I saw that was really different. It was a drag queen. I think it's still considered drag, but they weren't dressed as a woman. They were dressed as a like popular Hispanic singer, Juan Gabriel. Ah, okay. Was the gender male or female? The gender was male. So male and drag as a male, okay. He did have full-on makeup and glitter and stuff, but more to look as the artist than to look like a woman in drag. I had never seen that before, and I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So it was a good time. So we danced, we saw the show, and then once the show ended, we kind of like left, which was a good like two, two and a half hours. Nice. That's a good time. What was the club? Tempo? Tempo. I remember Tempo. Your dad took me there a few times and some other people took me there. <laughs> um, I've always gotten that, oh no, it's kind of like a cheap club or whatever, but actually it was really nice. It wasn't that bad. The times I went, once you go inside, yeah, it's a nice club and all clubs, regardless of in what neighborhood, I don't think they look good in daylight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. They have the multiple floors and then they had the patio outside. They sell tacos. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yes. I do remember that. Yeah. I was like, this is nice. But yeah, that was my evening. I think I was telling you earlier, you know, I dressed up and stuff and I was like, okay, no, gay club. But there's something about being complimented in a way that is not sexual. And honestly, it just, it boosted my self-esteem a little bit. This is why I prefer sometimes going to gay clubs. When I just want to go dance, I don't want some rando coming up behind me and trying to dance with me. You know, I just, I just want to go and have fun. And it's hard to do that in straight clubs. The compliments are so different. You get complimented on like what you're wearing because as a woman, you work hard to like look good or put on nice things and you want, I don't know how to phrase this. You want compliments and the effort that you've put into your look instead of just sexual comments. Oh, this person just wants to get laid. You know, they're not even looking at, I don't know. It's just different. No, I think I understand what you mean. Yeah, we like pretty shiny things. 
you bring to mind there's a documentary there was a club i don't know if it's considered south central i think it's on the border of south central and koreatown used to be called catch one it was a black gay club one of the oldest ones in la for years but there's a documentary out that quite a few celebrities used to go there back in the day madonna sharon stone i didn't know about her but I think I remember Sharon Stone saying that she liked to go there because the music was good and she just wanted to go there to dance. And, you know, nobody bothered her, even if they recognized who she was. And like you said, you know, usually as gay men, well, we're there in the reverse. So, you know, I wish I could get compliments at a gay club. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the same way that, you know, straight women get it. But yeah, just to say that, I think I understand what you mean. You just want to go to have fun and just to not be thinking about anything other than I look cute and I want to dance. Exactly. So that was my evening. And it's something that we kind of talk about here. And one of the things that we wanted, you know, when we started this podcast, we wanted to say, you can like want a party and not be the life of the party you can enjoy going to these events and stuff like introversion doesn't necessarily mean like you don't enjoy this it just means we just drain a little bit faster and you know knowing our limits and knowing okay setting healthy boundaries like okay I'm gonna do this for a couple hours and then I'm gonna go having fun and stuff I know I got teased a little bit. My roommate was like, oh, she's usually just like sitting home crocheting and <laughs> reading. <laughs> but this time she actually wanted to come out. I was like, yeah. <laughs> There's fun underneath the uh, veneer of calm and serenity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always say I'm like a peanut M&M. There's mm -hmm. a crack nut underneath. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. I like that. So how are you doing? You're still in England. Yes, I am here in England. I think it's been four months now. And so long as I've been here in the UK, the first almost two months I was in Liverpool, which is Northern England. And I've been back here in Southern England since the middle of May. It's going well. I'm, of course, still doing projects and things like that. I've nice. done two freelance jobs connected to graphic design. One of them was for a yoga studio, Brim's Yoga. <laughs> Make sure to mention her, uh, Denise. And as a result of that, I've become a little bit a part of the community in the sense that uh, she invites me over for lunch once a week and we gab and have fun together. And yeah, it's been really nice because this is not going to be my permanent home, but it is an opportunity for me to be social, which I didn't realize I kind of needed, especially you know, she's younger than I am, but kind of interacting with somebody who's closer to my age. So are you planning on going back to Sweden anytime soon or are you going to stay a little bit longer? I do plan to go back. What I've been waiting for mainly is getting my second vaccination shot for COVID, oh, which okay. should happen this week. And then I'll start planning from there. And then I have two new friends in Bath, England, which is an hour or so away from here uh, that I met through a friend in Sweden. So learning the art of networking that we've been doing through this podcast. And they invited me back because I did meet them back in May. And so they've invited me back to spend some time with them and do a little sightseeing. So I'll probably do that next week. But yeah, I do plan to go back to Sweden. I'm looking forward to returning there and seeing my friends and continuing this interesting journey. You know, it's like, 
what are we in July? And I started this back in October when I returned to Sweden two years ago. But this time last year, I was gearing up to put in my resignation at my job. <laughs> and I've been thinking about that lately. Like two years ago, I could not have imagined where I'm at now. I really couldn't. I know. That's crazy. Um, also, just a real quick note, you get to meet Johnny's baby. Yes, Johnny and Teresa. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I've seen Teresa post pictures. I'm just really happy and excited for them. Yeah, I talked to them last week. We had a little catch-up session. and Yeah, I looked forward to that. That was one of the things I was sad about when I left in March because she was due in April. And I was really hoping I could be there for that. But yeah, I do look forward to to that. And they've been asking me, Teresa, she's like, oh, when are you back? When are you back? When are you coming back? <laughs> <laughs> They're ready for you to come back. They're ready for you to come home. <laughs> they are. And Johnny, Teresa, uh, Marcus, a really good friend there, a few other people. I'm looking forward to returning. I am grateful that I have been able to come here. It's so wild, Jenny. Like, if you had told me two years ago that I would have agreed to be a co-host on a podcast (laughs) that I would really would be a digital nomad and that I would be living in several different cities in a short space of time. That you're running two podcasts now. Two podcasts, but this is what got it going. I I really am so grateful that I said yes to this because um, this has really returned me to things that I I forgot I really wanted to do. And, you know, you and I have talked about it, but the other podcast that I'm on, every other guest, they're like, unfortunately, they may have lost a job through the pandemic, but they're like, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. And I'll just share this quickly. The gardener that comes here once a week for my friend's mom that I'm staying with, I was finally able to talk to her last week. But I asked her, I said, oh, how long have you been a gardener? And she said, not too long. I actually had a corporate job and I lost my job through the pandemic. But I thought of you because she said, I'm gardening and I've always wanted to garden and I love it. And I've realized that I love being outdoors. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not making as much money, but she's like, I'm so happy. You know, I'm still looking for a job and looking, trying to find my place, you know, working a couple of projects that you know, I'm really enjoying and stuff. I had a few stressful moments where I kind of just haven't worked on anything and done anything. So, you know, those events that happened just kind of threw me off emotionally. I got both my vaccines already. Okay. I want to travel. I want to go visit you. I have a family member who's a pediatrician or a doctor, you know, because I was reluctant to it. And he's like, well, are you vaccinated for all your other vaccines? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, why wouldn't you get this one? And it's true. (laughs) I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I guess just the newness of it. You know, the other ones have been around for years. And I think that's just what makes a lot of people reluctant to it. I like the way you put it because it's new. I'm very grateful that I was able to do it outside of my home country My friend's sister was able to help with that, getting the paperwork together. Now I'm on the National Health Service here because their system's a little different than what we have in the U.S. Just share this quickly before we do our check-in, which I think I've done most of mine. So I got my eyes checked here recently. I got new glasses and that was interesting to do that in a new country. Mm -hmm. And then I got my teeth cleaned 
too. So how much did you have to pay for all of that? Comparison to LA. It was actually probably a little cheaper compared to LA. Here, from what I understand, like they have their national health, but dental isn't really included in that. So you do have to pay that privately. For me, where, you know, in the States, we pay privately out of pocket. That wasn't a big deal. Same with the eye exam. The eye exam with the glasses was probably the same as what I would pay, probably cheaper. So let's jump into the mental health check-in. I guess I'll go first. I've had a couple bad events happening that are just more annoying than anything. And one of them is like my car broke down. I have almost a brand new car and it has a recall on it. I've been borrowing one of my parents' cars. My dad's car is a little bit smaller and me with having a child, you know, it's a two-door and and I need something bigger. And uh, we got invited to go bike riding. I was like, we can't go bike riding. I can't fit the bike in the car and I don't have a bike rack. So, you know, there's these little things that are just kind of frustrating. Like these few events that all happened at the same time, it just felt like a lot. And it just kind of threw me off my feet. So it's just been in a weird place. It's getting better. You know, one of those things got resolved recently, like a couple days ago. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling a lot lighter and I can breathe. But yeah, so that's my mental health check-in for these, you know, a couple of weeks. So I think going out dancing was a way of releasing some of that. Again, I'm not a professional, but, you know, sometimes we need to let out some of the pent-up energy and finding either something physical to do or to release it. I do have my crocheting and usually use it for my anxiety, but it was one of those things that it was beyond that. My body needed to move. How are you doing? For the most part, okay. You know, one of the things I love about this platform is that it's encouraged me in fully acknowledging that I am an introvert. I found out that I'm a social person. And I knew that before, but, you know, I know it now in conjunction with being an introvert and what you said earlier. Yeah, I can do things. I love spending time with people and doing small gatherings and things like that. So I love that I'm more comfortable about that. And I don't judge myself, but I've realized lately, yeah, things have gotten a bit more active for me, but I still need to step away and recharge. And that's not me being rude or whatever. It's me saying, if I don't, I might snap. (laughs) Exactly. Yesterday, or no, was it yesterday? No, it was the day before yesterday. I was with my friend and being around a lot of people, I get really frustrated or just going to stores. I have to go in and out. Um, So I went with my friend and I should have known better because she loves to just walk around the stores and go through everything where I'm like, let's go. I'm done. I'm done. I need to leave. I need to leave. And I didn't realize I started getting more fidgety as I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm reaching my limit. And then she turned to me. She's like, you're getting fidgety. Here are my car keys. Go because then you're going to get snappy and I don't feel like dealing with you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bye. Well, that's a good friend that she gave you that out. And she's really good. Like, we'll go to places and stuff. And she's like, I know you don't like it here. I know you don't want to be here. But I, I promise it's going to be 10 minutes in and out, which kind of contradicts where I was last night at the club. <laughs> Yeah, but you were ready for it. You wanted to do it. And I understand that. Yeah. My former job, I worked across the street from a mall and a lot of people would go there for lunch. There were a couple of reasons. The top one, I'm quite frugal. (laughs) 
So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to spend that much money. And part of it is I don't want to spend that much money to rush lunch. Like when I spend money on food, I want to chill. I want to relax. I don't want to think about going back to work. Relaxing at a loud mall with a bunch of people milling around. That's how I want to spend my free time. <laughs> exactly. That's the same thing. I remember when I worked, I'd either like go eat in my car and take a book there was a park close by or I just go to the park and sit down and enjoy just a little bit of solitude. Um, I don't remember if I said this, I could not have imagined this two years ago when I was on the cusp of putting in my resignation at my job. I'm glad I didn't see this ahead of time because I wouldn't have seen all the layers underneath and that I'm becoming more comfortable in my skin as an introvert or becoming more comfortable in my skin as an artist. I can call myself now a creative person. The art of interviewing people that we've been doing for over a year now, I love it. I do have a fascination for people. And this is one of the ways that I can do it and having one-to-one -one interactions with people and yeah, just making connections. I, I love that. Oh, that's nice. So this episode, we took love language tests and we're gonna share our results. Yeah. Kind of just talk about it. I took two different tests. <laughs> Second opinion. <laughs> one was from like Psychology Today website, and the other one was Five Loves or something like that. And I was like, well, I took the Five Loves one. I was like, this doesn't seem very reliable. <laughs> so uh, I see. So then I took the Psychology Today one, which had a little bit more questions and took a little longer. I mean, it gave me kind of same results, but it made me feel better. <laughs> So what is your love language based on these tests? On the five love website, it breaks it down. So I got quality time is my very first one, which is true. I'd rather spend one-on-one -on -one time with people than anything. Yeah. Act of service is my second one, which is also true. I like to do things for people to show how I appreciate them and love them. When somebody does something for me, I enjoy that because it just shows me like they've gone out of their way to do something for me, to me, that shows appreciation and love. The third one is words of affirmation, which I'm surprised it's third. I really thought it would be last because I don't know how to respond to compliments. <laughs> I remember my ex-husband would sometimes send me like, I don't know, lovey-dovey messages or text messages. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, physical touch and then receiving gifts. I was just thinking words of affirmation and receiving gifts was going to be the bottom two. Physical touch. I'm not big on PDA. Oh, like people you see out and about. Yeah. My previous relationship, I remember they'd come and hug me. I'm like, I don't want to be hugged right now. So I'm not surprised physical touch is down at the bottom. The second test I took, it didn't break it down. It just said, you respond to quality words. Once your partner gives you their full attention for you and only you, you feel fulfilled. You feel grateful when they listen to you all the way without interrupting, trying to understand your thoughts and feelings without necessarily giving you their point of view or advice. That's true. Another of your uh, essential needs is the need to share time together, whether for an activity or a short walk or a movie a spot of shopping, a romantic dinner, or a weekend together. The main thing is that you share a quality moment together. During these moments, you feel loved and appreciated. So it kind of brings it back down to quality time and, I guess, words of affirmation. 
So those are my love languages. I don't know, it puts things a little more into perspective. I didn't think acts of service was really a love language, but it does make sense. So what did you get? Ooh, my love language is words of affirmation. And it says with this love language, you feel the most love when you receive praise or compliments from others. And you like to give others words of affirmation too, because you know how powerful simple words can be. Deep down, you crave validation and praise. Hearing words of affirmation from others just confirms that you are and what you're doing is right. Okay, I lightly agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) I write well, I believe. When I hear that, I think of people who are like, oh my God, I love you. I love you so much. Did you ever watch The Office, the US version? I have seen a couple episodes, not all of it though. The character, Kelly, she loves one of the guys in the office. Oh my God, Ryan, I love you. Love you, love you, love you, love you. She's (laughs) clingy for me. I don't know if I'd want somebody, you pop your eyes open and they're like, you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Right there in your face. Hi. Have I told you you're the best today? (laughs) Can you imagine that? Oh, Oh, that would be horrible. (laughs) For me. <laughs> yeah. But it did break it down. Uh, people with this love language praise from their hard work, uh, compliment them on their appearance or personality, write them love notes or letters of appreciation. Ooh, I'm just kind of saying it like they say it here. Randomly send them an appreciation text, give constructive feedback rather than blatantly criticize. Sure. <laughs> I agree. So yeah, basically it says my love language is words of affirmation. That's how you answered the questions. I guess so, yeah. I'm not a super PDA person. I do like touch, but yeah, I'm I'm not a super touchy-feely person. I definitely know for me that I need to be aware that it is okay to touch and it's important to touch. I'm not talking about sexually, but just like affectionately. Yeah. And that could be comfortability level. Um, When you were sharing yours and kind of ties into what this says about me. I think where I get a little uncomfortable is I want to be told that I'm physically attractive, but I think because I've always been so cerebral, I need to get used to somebody complimenting me on my physical appearance. And then also even when somebody is being flirty with me, I still need to get used to that. There's a few people in my past, in my romantic life, who are very good about saying things that are sexy and I like them, but I don't know how to respond back. I think you said that. This is my problem with online dating, (laughs) where people flirt with you via text and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond to that. It's funny. We went on this camping trip and so I decided to get back on Bumble. (laughs) We were staying in Big Bear camping in Big Bear and apparently by the ski summit during the summer where there's no snow of course the summit becomes a mountain biking road guys whoa (laughs) let me get back on bumble let's see who's out here jeez can we just sit at the bottom of this hill and just watch all these cute guys come by (laughs) so I went on there and started chatting with a guy he's a firefighter up there I know. But then I got stuck because I like him, but I don't know how to lead the conversation. He was gearing up for his five days off or something. And 
he was excited and I was like, oh, well, what do you do on your five days? And then he's like, oh, recently I'd just like to get home and, you know, have some drinks and relax. Honestly, don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> like, great. Thumbs up. I don't know how to like continue the conversation from there. How do I continue the conversation without making it sexual? I mean, at some point it will. Yeah. Where is that line? Where's that balance between continuing to have a deep conversation and getting to know somebody without it being redundant and small talk versus crossing the line of sexual? We've taken that exit. <laughs> taken that exit. And now this person is probably expecting something and it's like, hold on, like that's not where I wanted to go. Yeah. I have a question for you. This was posed to me recently. Am I comfortable with basically one night stands? And I said, no, light no. This is how it was worded, you know, especially with online dating, exchange whatever. And then 30 minutes later, they're at your door. Are you comfortable with that? And I said, for me, no, I don't need to be in love, but I definitely need something more. And this is the question to you, like you were saying, like when it crosses to more sexual innuendo, it's not that I dislike it, but to me, it doesn't necessarily come natural to me. So it feels cheesy when I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm the same. It feels cheesy. I want to meet you because sometimes you won't have the same chemistry in person. I remember I would be like, oh my God, he's really cute. And like texting and stuff was really good. And it felt as if we had a good connection. Then we would actually meet and there was like zero chemistry. There was no connection. But I feel because I've created this person in my mind based on the pictures and the little phrases that they put, like I created this whole other person. But the reality was like in person, physically, like there was nothing there. So that's why I try to keep it from not going sexual and we meet in person. And I guess this is a good way of weeding guys out because guys aren't willing to continue a conversation without it being sexual in the beginning before meeting then obviously they're not interested in anything the sexual part. I mean, that's my rule from me personally. And I guess that's where I weed out people who want one-night stands and people who don't. Yeah. Me being gay, the assumption is, oh, it's so much easier. I'd say yes and no. Not that I don't have a past, but I just don't enjoy usually something that quick. <laughs> I've had experiences where you meet somebody and there's just a fire yeah. and it's like, okay, let's do this. What helped me to realize as a gay man, but as a man in general was two straight men that shared with me that they had never had one night stands. It kind of blew away my assumption that men in general are just dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and especially because one in particular, he's a very, very attractive man. I just assume, oh, well, this guy, he can just glance at a woman and she'll be like let's go but he's like yeah I'm aware like I could do that and he goes I've attracted women that assume that and they want that and they're disappointed because I'm not that person he's like I need to have a conversation I need to know a little bit more about you before we go there and that helped me it's funny the minute you said I've met two guys who said they haven't had one I was like liar bullshit <laughs> <laughs> liar 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 I saw your face <laughs> Oh, man. A reminder that I can plug into stereotypes too. So Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty amazing. And yeah, like I'm at a point right now in my life where I, I do need more. Well, for me, 
because my default isn't to date multiple people, if we keep doing this, I'm going to go there emotionally. And I recognize that that's not about the other person. That's about me. Uh, and not like love, but if I'm continuing to see you, it's because I actually like you. Also, how do you think this would help knowing your love language or your love languages or what comes first? How do you think it would help in a relationship? Because we're, you know, relationship pros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't <laughs> sipping anything. <laughs> sitting on my throne of expertise. <laughs> um, for me, that's a good question because maybe my love language is words because I know for me, if that chance comes to really be in a healthy relationship, romantic relationship, I have to be more communicative. I have to let the person know how I feel about him. I appreciate you. I love you or I like you. I have to be willing to go out of my comfort zone and, you know, just touch more. I think also learning their love language and yeah. somehow balancing it. Looking back at my previous long-term relationship, which was my ex-husband, maybe if I had known what my love languages were, it might have been a little bit better. It's also a matter of being respectful and wanting to put the effort Connected to introversion, do you think that because we're perceived to not be physical people, flirty people, that we have to work more on seeing ourselves as being flirty or sexual or whatever? Yeah, I definitely feel like I do have to work harder. Like I have to put myself in that place. As an introvert, I can see where my love languages are where they are. Okay. Sometimes like I'm constantly in my head, like, am I doing this right? <laughs> did what just come out of my mouth sound sexy <laughs> or did it just sound creepy and weird? You know, I always feel like the, that character in the movie, I guess the wallflower who becomes the hottie or whatever, but as the wallflower, you know, me, I always feel like you need to wink and, and I wink, but with the way I wink, it, it looks weird. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You need to dress more provocatively. Okay? Oh, do I need to pull my, what is this? Your shirt down. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you having a stroke? Okay. Do I need to dial 911? <laughs> <laughs> now I was trying to be sexy. <laughs> oh my God. Probably more sexy to just be ourselves. To be ourselves. And that's the best advice is just to be yourself. I am drawn to more assertive people. There is an awareness in me that my nature of being more subdued, it's like yin and yang, you know, so. I can see that. Because shyness maybe at times can read as we're being flirty. hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not trying to play hard to get. <laughs> Especially if someone says something really overt, but it's in a way that's not, like you said, creepy or whatever. It's not that I don't like it. It's just, I don't know how to respond in that same way. Because to me, like you said, it's like, for me to say that it's not natural. 
that's where it's like finding your balance. Finding the balance. Yeah. But yeah, on my end, I do recognize that I do need to challenge myself and communicating honestly, like, oh, what do you like? Maybe I should send this link to all my online people that like, take this test and get back to me. (laughs) (laughs) Then we can talk. Yeah. I've done it where it's like, oh, you really like this person. And it looks like it's fizzling away. So I'll turn that corner to keep them interested and keep Mm. the conversation going. And then we meet and it's just like, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I really like what you said, just be yourself, because I think, and this is anybody, regardless of introvert, extrovert, when we're ourselves, I think that's where we're the most appealing. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree when um, there's been a couple situations where I'm like, you know what? I like that you did two different tests. I feel like the one I did wasn't that detailed. But it has opened my mind to, okay, I'll do a deeper dive and see what else I can find. So my quality time is 33%. Access service is 30%. Words of affirmation, I'm at 13%. Physical touch, I'm at 13%. And then receiving gifts, I'm at 10%. Okay. It didn't make it seem like you don't like any of these things. You still like it. Maybe it just doesn't do it for you. But yeah, I think that's it. That's all I have for today. Yeah, same here. All right, Eric, well, I'm going to let you go. I think we're done. Great to get a little bit more insight on who we are as people. A lot of the growing that we do on here, I, you know, take it into my real life. Yes, I do too. All right, everybody have a good day. See you guys. Thank you for spending time with us. If you have questions or a story you'd like to share, email us at wallflowersinbloom2020 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at wallflowers underscore in underscore bloom and search for us on Facebook under Wallflowers in Bloom. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and CastBox. Until next time.